जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय गोपी जना वल्लभ गिरिवर धारी जय गोपी जना वल्लभ गिरिवर धारी यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजना यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजना यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजना यमुना तीरावनचारी यमुना तीरावनचारी जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय गोपी जना वल्लभ गिरिवर धारी जय गोपी जना वल्लभ गिरिवर धारी यशोदानंदन ब्रज जन रंजना यशोदानंदन ब्रज जन रंजना यशोदानंदन ब्रज जन रंजना यमुना तीरावनचारी यमुना तीरावनचारी हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा 
राम रामा हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे जय प्रभु पदा जय प्रभु पदा जय प्रभु पदा जय प्रभु पदा जय जय प्रभु पद प्रभु पद प्रभु पद जय जय प्रभु पद जय ओम विष्णुपाद परमहंस परिव्राज काचार्य अष्टोत्र सत श्री श्रीमद डिवाइन ग्रेस ऐसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी शिल प्रभुपाद की ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जय समवेत भक्त वृंद की जय निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे हरि हरि ऑल ग्लोरी टू दी असेंबल्ड डिवोटीज ऑल ग्लोरी टू दी असेंबल्ड डिवोटीज ऑल ग्लोरी टू दी असेंबल्ड डिवोटीज ऑल ग्लोरीज ऑल ग्लोरीज ऑल ग्लोरीज टू श्री श्री गुरु एंड श्री गौरांगा ऑल ग्लोरी टू श्री प्रभुपाद <clears throat> we are continuing our reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto One, Chapter Seventeen, titled "Punishment and Reward of Kali." We are on text thirty-three today. Please repeat: Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत नरम चरोतम दीं सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुधीर नष्टु अभद्रेशु नित्यम भागवत सेवया भगवती उत्तम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवती नैष्टिकी दिस इज टुडेस वर्स टेक्स्ट थर्टी थ्री नवर्तितव्यम तदधर्म बंदो धर्मे न सत्ये न वर्तितव्ये ब्रह्मा वर्ते यत्र यजन्ति यज्ञ 
ಯಜ್ಞೇಶ್ವರಂ ಯಜ್ಞ ವಿಧಾನ ವಿಜ್ಞಾನವರ್ತಿತವ್ಯಂತಧರ್ಮಬಂಧೋ ಧರ್ಮೇನ ಸತ್ಯನ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾವರ್ತೆಯತ್ರಯಜಂತಿ ಯಜ್ಞೇಶ್ವರಂ ಯಜ್ಞ ವಿಧಾನ ವಿಘ್ನ ನವರ್ತಿತವ್ಯಂ ತದರ್ಮಬಂಧೋ ಧರ್ಮೇನ ಸತ್ಯನ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾವರ್ತೆಯತ್ರಯಜಂತಿ ಯಜ್ಞೇಶ್ವರಂ ಯಜ್ಞ ವಿಧಾನ ವಿಘ್ನ ನವರ್ತಿತವ್ಯಂ ತದರ್ಮಬಂಧೋ ಧರ್ಮೇನ ಸತ್ಯನ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾವರ್ತೆಯತ್ರಯಜಂತಿ ಯಜ್ಞೇಶ್ವರಂ ಯಜ್ಞ ವಿಧಾನ ವಿಘ್ನ ನವರ್ತಿತವ್ಯಂ ತದರ್ಮಬಂಧೋ ಧರ್ಮೇನ ಸತ್ಯನ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾವರ್ತೆಯತ್ರಯಜಂತಿ ಯಜ್ಞೇಶ್ವರಂ ಯಜ್ಞ ವಿಧಾನ ವಿಘ್ನ ನವರ್ತಿತವ್ಯಂ ತದರ್ಮಬಂಧೋ ಧರ್ಮೇನ ಸತ್ಯನ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾವರ್ತೆಯತ್ರಯಜಂತಿ ಯಜ್ಞೇಶ್ವರಂ ಯಜ್ಞ ವಿಧಾನ ವಿಘ್ನ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ ಯು ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಪರ್ಪೋರ್ಟ್ ಬೈ ಡಿವೈನ್ ಗ್ರೇಸ್ ಎಸಿ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಶ್ರೀಲ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಶ್ರೀಲ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಕಿ ಜಯ ದ ವರ್ಡ್ ಫಾರ್ ವರ್ಡ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ನಾಟ್ ವರ್ತಿತವ್ಯಂ ಡಿಸರ್ವ್ ಟು ರಿಮೇನ್ ತತ್ ದೇರ್ ಫೋರ್ ಅಧರ್ಮ ಇರಿಲಿಜಿಯಾಸಿಟಿ ಬಂಧೋ ಫ್ರೆಂಡ್ ಧರ್ಮೇನ ವಿತ್ ರಿಲಿಜನ್ ಸತ್ಯನ ವಿತ್ ಟ್ರೂತ್ ಚಲ್ಸೋ ವರ್ತಿತವ್ಯೇ ಬೀಂಗ್ ಸಿಚುವೇಟೆಡ್ ಇನ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಆವರ್ತೆ ಪ್ಲೇಸ್ ವೆರ್ ಸ್ಯಾಕ್ರಿಫೈಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಪರ್ಫಾರ್ಮ್ಡ್ ಯತ್ರ 
वेर यजंती ड्यूली परफॉर्म यज्ञ बाय सैक्रिफाइसेस और डिवोशनल सर्विसेस यज्ञ ईश्वरम अंड टू द सुप्रीम लॉर्ड द पर्सनैलिटी ऑफ गॉडहेड यज्ञ सैक्रिफाइस विधान स्प्रेडिंग विघ्न एक्सपर्ट्स ट्रांसलेशन देर फोर ओ फ्रेंड ऑफ ए रिलीजन यू डू नॉट डिजर्व टू रिमेन इन अ प्लेस वेर एक्सपर्ट्स परफॉर्म सैक्रिफाइसिस अकॉर्डिंग टू ट्रूथ एंड रिलीजियस प्रिंसिपल्स फॉर द सैटिस्फैक्शन ऑफ द सुप्रीम पर्सनैलिटी ऑफ गॉड हेड परपट Yajneshwara or the supreme personality of godhead is the beneficiary of all kinds of sacrificial ceremonies such sacrificial ceremonies are prescribed differently in different scriptures for different ages in other words sacrifice means to accept the supremacy of the lord and thereby perform acts by which the lord may be satisfied in all respects <clears throat> the atheists do not believe in the existence of god and they do not perform any sacrifice for the satisfaction of the lord any place or country where the supremacy of the lord is accepted and thus sacrifice is performed is called brahmavartha there are different countries in different parts of the world and each and every country may have different types of sacrifice to please the supreme lord but the central point in pleasing him is ascertained in the bhagavatam and it is truthfulness the basic principle principle of religion is truthfulness and the ultimate goal of all religions is to satisfy the lord in this age of kali the greatest common formula of sacrifice is the sankirtana yagna that is the opinion of the experts who know how to propagate the process of yagna lord chaitanya preached this method of yagna and it is understood from this verse that the sacrificial method of sankirtana yagna may be performed anywhere and everywhere in order to drive away the personality of kali and save human society from falling prey to the influence of the age om agyana timirandasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshuron militam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha shri chaitanya manobishtam stapitam yena bhutale swayam rupa kadamahyam dadati svapadantikam वंदेहम श्री गुरोश्रीयुत पदकमल श्रीगुरोन्वैष्णवांशीपादाकृष्णपादाकृष्णपादाकृष्णपादाकृष्णपादाकृष्णपादाकृष्णपादाकृष्णपादाकृष्णपादाकृष्णपादाकृष्णप
ನಮಂ ವಿಷ್ಣುಪಾದಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಪ್ರೇಷ್ಠಾಯ ಭೂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮಥೆ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿನಿ ನಾಮಿನೆ ನಮಸ್ತೆ ಸಾರಸ್ವತೆ ದೇವೇ ಗೌರವಾಣಿ ಪ್ರಚಾರಿಣೆ ನಿರ್ವಿಶೇಷ ಶೂನ್ಯವಾದಿ ಪಾಶ್ಚಾತ್ಯಾದೇಶಧಾರಿಣೆ so this is this verse is being spoken by parikshit maharaj and uh, in the in the lead up to this chapter he's already pronounced the verdict and uh, this verse is being spoken to kali the personification of kali he is uh, a shudra in the garb of uh, a kshatriya and he's been uh, hitting the bull and the cow the bull is dharma personified and the cow is mother earth and he's been hitting them really badly when parikshit maharaj sees this he immediately stops and says i'm going to kill you uh, this is he's already given the word you go, you have to be killed for the for the actions that you've committed and then after that he goes and pacifies uh, the bull and the cow and then from the last few verses he's again come back to kali to actually give him the punishment um so this is a continuation of that conversation that he is going to uh, have with kali and he is having this conversation because he he had already pronounced the the verdict right hey i'm going to kill you but then when he actually goes to kill him uh, kali actually leaves his garments of the king like of a kshatriya and then surrenders to maharaj parikshit and this is the the dharma of a kshatriya that if somebody surrenders to you you don't kill him so that's why parikshit maharaj is actually having this conversation uh, with kali and um especially here he's talking about the, the, just the verse itself i was thinking how nice the alliteration was in the poetry of uh, bhagavatam here right yatra yajanti yagnyer in the third verse i was thinking and then yagneshwaram yagna vidhana vigna very beautiful poetry we see in shrimad bhagavatam and also the the meter of this verse you see it changes when from text 31 till then it's the till text 30 it's the normal meter the, the normal sanskrit meters that we sing for uh, uh, most prayers right sarva dharman parityacha it's called anushtup 32 syllables but then you see from text 31 when parikshit maharaj is speaking uh, the meter changes and this is also evident in shrimad bhagavatam we'll see how when the emotions of the speaker change the meter will also change uh, this is parikshit maharaj in, in in a really you know angry mood he is speaking to kali and then you see that uh, the switch in the emotion of parikshit maharaj is also signified by the switch in the meter in shrimad bhagavatam so here he is talking about kali as a friend of religion it's a very nice way to bhagavatam insults people in very nice way <laughs> it calls uh, uh, brahm uh, uh, brahma bandha right the the friend of brahmana it's like persons who have been born in brahmanical families but have not been following any of those brahmanical qualities they they said oh you are a friend of brahmana you're not really a brahmana you're a friend of brahmana you just had this associ- by association you're calling yourself a brahmana but here it, this association is very real kali is called the friend of religion adharma uh, bandho that's the that's the word uh, the word uh, verse uses here 
in Srimad Bhagavatam. And we know that uh, Dharma here in this context is the bull that has four legs, right? And the four legs of the bull signifies the four principles of religion, uh, which are truthfulness, cleanliness, mercy, and hmm? austerity. Correct. So, of, of which three of the legs are gone. It's just hobbling on one leg, which is truthfulness. Little bit is remaining, and even that is diminishing. So, we understand here from Srila uh, Prabhupada's purport that in the end, he says how the Sankirtan Yajna can drive away the princi- uh, Kali, right? Which means it can drive away irreligiosity, or it can actually bring about religiosity, which is the four main principles of the pr- uh, religion, which is what we discussed, right? Which is corresponding to the four religious principles. So, here Parikshit Maharaj is saying that in his kingdom, everybody is religious. And Kali is, oh, Kali, you're a friend of religion, which means you're doing exactly the opposite of everything that's religious. You're not austere, you're not truthful, you're not clean, and you're not very merciful because he's done all that through the acts that he's committed to uh, the bull and the cow. And says that you're not fit to remain in this place where experts perform sacrifices according to truth and religious principles. And why are these sacrifices performed? These sacrifices are performed for the satisfaction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is what Krishna says in, in the Bhagavad Gita, right? Yajnartat karmano nyatra lokoyam karma bandhana. That when Arjuna is saying, Krishna, you tell me for sure whether I should work or I should renounce. Krishna says, you should work, but do that work as a sacrifice for me. And in that way, you will not be bound up in this uh, cycle of uh, karma. And then there will be peace and prosperity that's reigning in this material world. So this sacrifice is a very essential principle that in this material world. And this is very necessary for us to even have uh, justice in this world. Truth and justice in this world is built upon this concept of sacrifice. And we've discussed this in the Bhagavad Gita classes in the evening. We don't even think... For example, we go to the supermarket and then pay for what we are buying, right? Would we consider that sacrifice? No. You're getting a service, you're paying for it. But Krishna says that is the most basic form of sacrifice. Because everything that we are getting is by the mercy of the Lord, isn't it? The the sun, the moon, the grains, the wind, the air, the rain that's coming, pelting pelting down today. Everything is by the mercy of the Lord, And then we derive so much benefit from all of it. And yet we don't recognize even where we are getting all of this from. So the first thing is basic recognition. Okay, Krishna, thank you so much for giving me all of this. This is paying money at the counter (laughs) in the supermarket, right? You're getting things, so I'm paying the money for it. But we don't even perform that basic sacrifice. Krishna says this is the most basic level of sacrifice. But in the world that we live in, we don't even think of that as sacrifice, right? So... This is very important. Why is sacrifice very important? Why is the recognition that there is somebody who is giving us all of this very important? It is important because this establishes a relationship with us and Krishna. That is why sacrifice is built into this entire uh, material world. And Prabhupada says here that any place or country where the supremacy of, uh, even before that, 
in different countries, he says, right? Um, there are different countries in different parts of the world, and each and every country may have different types of sacrifice to please the Supreme Lord. But the central point is central point in pleasing Him as ascertained in the Srimad Bhagavatam. So it's not that this principle of sacrifice is present only in the in the in the Vedic times, right? Prabhupada is recognizing that this is present inbuilt in all the cultures around the world, whether you recognize them as Vedic principles or not, but this principle is present all over. In in the West, I'm sure there are principles of sacrifice in Christianity, in Judaism, in Islam, in all the major religions of the world, and even in religions that are uh, considered paganism, right? Like where... Uh, People, the, primi- the so-called primitive people think of the nature as God or the supreme and then sacrifice things. And they recognize that, oh, I'm getting everything from nature or pantheism, basically. right? Uh, or people rec- directly recognize that I'm getting all this from a supreme being. And then there is a sense of gratitude. This is very important, right? Because it starts us in a path of uh, dharma. This is why sacrifice is important. All of us are here in this material world because we want to enjoy separate from Krishna. There is this mentality of enjoyment that is separate from Krishna. But Krishna gives us these principles of religion so that, okay, those tendencies are satisfied, but at the same time, we perform it in such a way that we, get, we come closer to Krishna. That is why sacrifices are present, right? Slowly, slowly, this is what karmakanda is in essence. Anything that we do against the principles of religion is called vikarma. That is completely against the principles of religion and it's only going to cause us harm, which is most of the things that we do in this world. <laughs> we don't recognize dharma or principles of religion. Then Krishna at least says, okay, I know you have several desires, but at least do it according to the principles of religion. You go to the supermarket, you really need food, but at least pay for the money that you pay, pay the money for the goods that you are getting. Don't just go and steal it from from the supermarket. This is the most basic sense of uh, dharma, right? And then slowly slowly when we are working under the rules and regulations that are put forth by Krishna, then we start purifying ourselves. Okay, the tendency to enjoy is there, but we are enjoying within the parameters of dharma. And then this purification happens and we slowly start recognizing that, oh, I'm trying to enjoy, but this is not really giving me any satisfaction. And then we we ask, who am I? This is platform of jnana, right? We slowly try to get knowledge, ask questions, and then come to the platform of jnana. And then, then we actually know who we are. And then we know that, oh, I'm not, this re- I'm not really this body. That's why I'm not really feeling any satisfaction. I'm trying to satisfy this body, but I'm something different from this body. Oh, then I'm the spirit soul. Then what am I supposed to do if I'm the spirit soul? And then we try to pursue the activities of the spirit soul and slowly, slowly come to the platform of uh, dhyana and ultimately bhakti. So this is the process that Krishna has laid down uh, in this material world. And Krishna goes as far as to say uh, in... Uh, the Bhagavad Gita, that Krishna himself doesn't have to do any of this, right? Uh, Krishna is asking Arjuna that, Arjuna, you have to work, nobody can escape from work in this world. But do work as a sacrifice to me, uh, Krishna is saying. Uh, which In which you will not get uh, entangled, right? And 
Krishna says, so how should I perform this sacrifice? This, this would be a next logical question, right? So Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, the same section in, in chapter 3, he says, regulated activities are prescribed in the Vedas and Vedas are directly manifested from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Consequently, the all-pervading transcendence is eternally situated in the acts of sacrifice, which is something that's extraordinary that Krishna is saying here, right? That all-pervading transcendence is eternally situated in acts of sacrifice. This is why sacrifice is purifying, right? When we perform sacrifice, whether we know it or not, Krishna is present there. Why? Because it is given by Krishna. It is authorized by Krishna. So when we are doing something that's authorized by Krishna, then we are accepting his supremacy. Therefore, we are getting in touch with him. And that is why it is purifying. And Krishna says, Krishna continues, My dear Arjuna, one who does not follow in the human life the cycle of sacrifice, thus established by the Vedas, certainly leads a life full of sin. Living only for the satisfaction of his senses, such a person lives in vain. This is the main purpose of human life, right? We we think the human life is meant for enjoyment because we can enjoy things in more sophisticated ways. The basic four things, eating, mating, sleeping, defending, all of us do it. But as human beings, we have access to really enjoy it in sophisticated ways. The dog sleeps, the cat sleeps, but we also sleep, but, but we sleep in what these incredible beds and that can go up and down and you don't know whether the next person is moving next to you, but you can still see. We can do the same kinds of activities in really sophisticated ways as human beings. Uh, but that is not the purpose of human life, Krishna says. right? If you live your human life just for satisfying your senses, then you are living in vain. The purpose of human life, he says, is for sacrifice, austerity. This is why we have the human form of life. Although we have so much avenues for enjoyment in this human form of life, that is why this principle of sacrifice is very essential in the human form of life. We need to recognize, this sacrifice eventually makes human beings recognize the supremacy of the Lord. That there is somebody, at least if not for the supremacy of the Lord, we at least recognize that all of this is not coming from me. At least there is somebody who is actually providing all of this. Right? We have no idea when it will rain. We can, why it rains. The weather forecasts are, we have no idea why things are happening. We can forecast when it might happen. That too, it's very rare that we get it very accurately. But we have no idea why these patterns are happening. But Krishna says this is happening because of sacrifice, right? The, Krishna gives this entire cycle in the Bhagavad Gita that, you perform sacrifice, human beings perform sacrifice, the demigods are satisfied, because the demigods are satisfied, there is rain, and because there is rain, there is grains, because there is grains, there is no scarcity, and then everybody is peaceful and satisfied. But we think, as modern men, that we are the be-all and end-all of things, and we are the masters and controllers of everything, and yet we've been in drought in Dallas for what, more than 60 days or something like that, it's so nice to have finally the rain. We have no idea how, how this comes about. This comes about only by a sacrifice. So that's why uh, the principle of <laughs> the friend of a religion cannot be there when it's completely opposite to sacrifice, right? We are not recognizing anything. You're not truthful. You're not performing any austerities. What is the opposite of truthfulness? It's cheating, right? It's one of the tendencies we, we have in this material world. We have four, uh, uh, what do you call, defects, 
right, in this material world. We have imperfect senses. Uh, we have the tendency to make mistakes. We are in illusion and we have the propensity to cheat. This is the problem with Vikarma, right? That I want to enjoy my senses. I'll go to any extent to enjoy my senses. I have the problem with the scientific thinking of um, uh, uh, evolution also. Survival of the fittest. If you take that from a concept of science and apply it in the, in the social realm, it can have very devastating effects. I don't care what anybody or, uh, how anybody else feels. I can do anything that I want because it's survival of the fittest. You are weak. I can take things from you. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have any repercussions. It doesn't... Because the, the, the entire philosophy is built around whoever is the strongest wins. Right? It's the survival of the fittest. Whoever is the fittest can win. <clears throat> but that's completely... It ha- We've seen that this has devastating effects. This is what uh, the Nazis did in, in Germany, isn't it? This, this is the only race that's the superior race. Every, every race is exp- uh, expendable. So we, we're going to go and kill them in mass because they're weak. They don't... They're not productive to the society. They'll go and kill the old people in the society because how are they productive to the society? This, this as a concept has very devastating effects. So that is why sacrifice is very important, right? But all this is this. But then sacrifice also has to be uh, based upon uh, some solid foundation or or else again the sacrifice can have devastating effects you can have human sacrifice <laughs> animal sacrifices all those things that we are having it's still considered sacrifices isn't it in, in islam this is what it is the uh, I, i'm not really familiar with the story but god asks abraham I, I think to sacrifice a goat instead of his son or something like that and then that's still continued without understanding the principles of what's what's happening probably the same thing in judaism or christianity uh, there are different forms of these sacrifices. And even in, in in Vedic culture, there are sacrifices of animals that are given to the goddess Kali, right? So that we can we can have this. But this has to be built upon uh, the basic principles of religion. And Srila Prabhupada says in, uh, in the purport that the, cent- the central point of all sacrifices is pleasing him, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and it is ascertained in Bhagavatam. And what is the central point? The central point it is truthfulness. Prabhupada says. The basic principle of religion is truthfulness. This is very important. Uh, the basic principle of religion, if it is not founded on truthfulness, then it, it starts creating havoc in the society. And I was trying to see this word truthfulness. It's in, I was doing a Veda-based search. Truthfulness... Prabhupada uses it more than 10,000 times across translations, purports, room conversations, morning walks, the entire gamut of work that we have from Srila Prabhupada. The word truthfulness is uh, used more than 10,000 times. And if you separately search for truth, that's another 10,000 times. (laughs) And you can keep searching for words that are similar, like honesty and things like that. It's incredibly important. We, we can see by the by the number of times uh, Prabhupada is trying to use this particular word, right? And I was also looking at uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, first canto, chapter 5, we've already read this. This is a conversation between Vyasadev and Nardamuni. Vyasadev is completely dissatisfied. He has given, he's compiled all the Vedas. He's given the, the Mahabharata. He's given, even the Vedanta Sutra, 
he's got the derived the essence of all the vedas that he has compiled and written the vedanta sutra and still he is completely dissatisfied very dissatisfied and then narad muni comes and then speaks to him and then the conversation ensues right we've already read about it but this verse uh was uh, very interesting it says oh vyasadev your vision is completely perfect this is narad muni speaking to vyasadev your good fame is spotless you are firm in vow and situated in truthfulness and thus you can think of the pastimes of the lord in trance for the liberation of the people in general from all material bondage so this is some of the qualities that narad muni is speaking from vyasadev on why he can actually think of the pastimes of the lord and one of which is truthfulness right it is because vyasadev had this quality among other qualities of course is that shrimad bhagavatam was born because he could actually think about because shrimad bhagavatam is uh, narada muni uh, sorry vyasadev's uh, ecstasy in samadhi right he is completely in perfection he is completely uh, in samadhi and is thinking about the past tense of the lord and he is writing those for us as shrimad bhagavatam and narada muni says your vision is completely perfect your good fame is spotless and you are firm in vow and situated in truthfulness this is this is very important and this is why this very famous verse in bhagavad gita right tatviddhi pranipatena pariprashnena seveya upadekshanti te gnanam gnaninas tatvadarshina this tatvadarshi is translated as he seen the truth right you should go and surrender to self realized soul and then be humble and then serve him and the self realized soul will impart knowledge unto you because he has seen the truth because he's seen the truth what is truth in this world right this the only truth in this world is krishna and anything that is connected to krishna this is how the shrimad bhagavatam starts janma adyasya yato unvaya aditaratashyarteshva bhignyaswarat tene brahma hridaya adikavaye muhyanti yatsuraya tejo vari mridam yata vinimayo yatratrisargo mrsa damnashvena sadanirastakuhakam satyam param dimahi satyam krishna is the absolute truth krishna is truth right one who has seen the truth means one who is actually completely connected to krishna everything else in this material world that is not connected to krishna is not truth or it is called illusion we are thinking that it's the truth but it is the exact opposite of truth it is illusion so this is a very fundamental point that we have to understand that this truthfulness is very important and the entire principles of religion is based upon truthfulness and the supreme source of all truthfulness is krishna because krishna is absolute in nature the truths don't change and everything that krishna gives also doesn't change the the principles given in shrimad bhagavatam although they are 5000 years old don't change because they are the absolute truth whereas the truths of this material world will change over every decade or even every year truths might change whatever we thought was true 10 years back might not be true now whatever we thought was true 50 years back might not be true now whatever we are thinking is the truths now in this material world might not be true 10 years from now 5 years from now even a year from now right but the principles that are given in the scriptures are absolute in nature they are truth they are truth nothing else is truth right so 
that is why it is the bedrock of religion it is the most basic principle of religion and that, that is why even in kali yuga we have some access to religion right although we might have so many faults in this uh, in this uh, material world in the age of kali there is still some qualities of truthfulness that are there there's some some still some qualities of justice that is that is present in this material world and there are still people who are adhere, ad, adhering to the truth that is why we have spiritual masters right it if if that breaks everything will break because there is still some semblance of brahmanical qualities uh, in this uh, material world uh, krishna says uh, the the brahmins work by six qualities the brahmanas right samo dhamas tapashyautam shantim arjyamamevacha jnanam vigyanam astikyam brahma karma svabhavajam that these are the eight qualities by which brahmanas work uh, and arjyam here means honesty or truthfulness and in many many places uh, that i was reading uh, although the 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 verse starts with samo dhamas tapas shaucham sama means um uh tolerance uh, equality equanimity something like that um so uh, but prabhupad um always says truthfulness is the first quality truthfulness is the first quality although it's given as the fifth quality in the words uh, this is the first quality of a brahmana truthfulness because if truthfulness is lost uh, if the the words of a brahmana cannot be trusted then he loses the quality of being a brahmana this is the most important quality of a brahmana because he is sticking to the truth and this is why the brahmanas uh, live the life of poverty right because they are not dependent on anybody and nobody can manipulate what they are saying they can say the truth without being fearful of what's going to happen say the brahmanas were in the payroll of somebody and they had to say the truth in a particular situation but they have to think oh if i say the truth to this person he is probably going to fire me i'm not where am i going to get my uh, uh, get the money for me to survive from where am i going to get the next meal from so this is why the brahmanas uh, were completely independent they they were completely independent of uh, the administration but they were completely dependent on krishna for their survival right they were not dependent on anybody else for their survival so that they could speak the truth so that they could guide the society uh, on the principles of religion on the principles of truth if the brahmana sto- stop doing it then we see how a society would be which is basically the current society that we have there there is so much uh, dearth of brahmanas people who can actually speak the truth that there is so fearful of what will happen to them so they are not speaking the truth the, the closest that we have to that is the tenure track in the universities right where the this professors cannot be fired when when they hit tenure the professors cannot be fired so they are free to speak what they have to speak but unfortunately their speech is not based on the principles of religion that is why it is problematic people recognize this quality of truthfulness that we need people who can actually say things for for what they are the, the class of brahmanas are required that is why even in the material world where there is no concept of god in the even in the universities where there is no concept of god we are actually seeing the implementation of something that is a little bit brahmanical that like, hey we should let the teachers speak their mind we should not stifle them so that they can impart proper knowledge into the students but unfortunately those are based not based on uh, 
not based on the principles of religion, not based on Bhagavad Dharma. So, whatever truth, they, the so-called truth that they are trying to speak is uh, concoction. Their own mental speculation. right? So, this principle of truthfulness is very essential and this is a very elaborate topic on why this is the bedrock of religion. right? And I was um, listening to a, a lecture by Srila Prabhupada. This is Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 9, uh, Text 10. This was given in on March 11, 1969. This is very, very early days uh, of uh, ISKCON, right? In Hawaii. So this is a transcript of uh, what Prabhupada is saying. So he's giving an example of a, of a story of, of a boy who wants to go and uh, take shelter from Gautama Muni. And in those times, uh, the, the sages would only take uh, people who were born in Brahmanical families because the, the culture was still there. That people, uh, the Brahmanical culture was there and if somebody was born in a Brahmanical family, it was more likelier than not that they would have these Brahmanical qualities. So there was this boy who was coming and asking Gautam Muni. So then he asked him, hey, who is your father? Because it is through the lineage of the father that you have your uh, Varna. Uh, so then he goes and asks his mother and his mother says, hey, I've had many, many friends, so I really don't know who your father is. Uh, and then this is something that's not very nice, right? Uh, uh, so then, but then this boy comes and says this, to Gautam Muni and says, hey, my, I went and asked this to my mother, but my mother says she had many, many friends and she doesn't know who I was born of. And then Gautam Muni says, oh, I'm going to take you because you're very truthful. This is a sign of a Brahmana. <laughs> so I'm going to take you and you can become my disciple. And Prabhupada quotes this story from one of the uh, Upanishads and then continues, um, <clears throat> everyone will try to hide this. But he plainly said immediately, this boy, right? He immediately said this. Everybody will try to hide when they don't know who their father is. right? But this boy just plainly said it. And because he was so truthful, therefore his name is Satyakam. Satyakam means he does not lie. That is the first qualification of a Brahmana, Satya. He should be truthful, even to the enemies. Nobody becomes truthful to the enemy. He does not disclose the secret. But a Brahmana is supposed to be so much truthful that if the enemy asks that, what is your position? He will say that this is my position. We also see this demonstration in, uh, in the life of Dronacharya. Right? Dronacharya was the uh, teacher of martial arts for the Pandavas and the Kauravas. And he was... Um, uh, um, he had a problem with one of his friends, and uh, I think, I forget the name of him, but his son was uh, Drishtadyumna, I think, and uh, Draupadi, the, the father of Draupadi and Drishtadyumna, I think, I might get, names might be off, but he knew, basically the father of Draupadi, Drupada, right, that's the father of Drupadi, and he had, the, yeah, Drupada and Drona had, had a fight, which is a background story, but then he, ha he made a sacrifice, so that he could get a son who could actually kill Drona, and Drona knew this. And when Drishtadyumna came to Dronacharya to be trained in martial arts, he taught him everything without hiding anything. This is the quality of a Brahmana. Right? We, we, we see it. 
and then he goes on to talk about the eight qualities right? peacefulness, self-control, austerity, purity, tolerance, honesty, wisdom, knowledge and religiousness. These are the qualities by which the Brahmanas work. These are the qualifications of the Brahmanas. The first qualification is that he must be truthful. right? Even in, in the same lecture, he is talking about how the first quality of the Brahmana is truthfulness twice. Um, where, where was this? Yeah. Just like this Satyakam, he plainly, he plainly said the real truth and he was immediately accepted. Yes, you've got the qualification of a Brahmana, you can speak the truth. Truth may be palatable or unpleasant. That does not matter. Everything is palatable to somebody, unpalatable to others. One's man, one man's food, another man's poison. That does not matter. But the thing, but the thing should be presented as it is. That is required. There is no hide and seek policy. This is as as Vaishnavas, we say we are even higher than the Brahmanas, right? Brahmanas accept the supremacy of the Lord, but as Vaishnavas, we know who who Krishna is. That is still an impersonal con- uh, conception. Brahmana, Brahman, they, they recognize the absolute truth. But as Vaishnavas, we know God for who He is. We know His qualities. We know His appearance, how He looks, what His relationships are. We should have truthfulness even to a higher extent than the Brahmanas as Vaishnavas. Right? And that is why it, Prabhupada said His Bhagavad Gita is Bhagavad Gita as it is. We are going to present the truth as it is. We are, going to, we are not going to mix and match things according to the current uh, situation in the material world. Because things will keep shifting, right? What was not acceptable 50 years back is... Uh, what was acceptable 50 years back is not acceptable now. What is acceptable now might not be acceptable 50 years back. So if we are trying to speak according to the continuously changing circumstances of this material world, it is it's, we are in a losing position because it is continuously changing. <laughs> it is not a very stable position. Right? Ashashvatam. This is very temporary, the nature of this material world. And if we go by the ideas of the current times that we live in in the material world and try to speak according to what they might like. We see that in the life of Srila Prabhupada. Right? When, when Prabhupada came to New York in the 60s, it was the time of the hippies. And the mantra was drug, sex and rock and roll. And what Prabhupada was saying was the complete opposite of it. No intoxication, no illicit sex. He, he said things as it is. Because there were many, many gurus who came to the West to make money and make more disciples. So that it, they, it, it could give them more fame or so many different ulterior motives they had. Right? So they would say, okay, you can do this, you can do that. That's fine, but still do this also. They would compromise on things. But Srila Prabhupada never compromised on things, even in the circumstances that he came in. Right? Because although people were talking about drugs, sex and rock and roll, Prabhupada actually went to the heart of why this was happening, that people were dissatisfied. Right? That is why people were trying to find satisfaction in so many different things. And if we don't present the truth as it is, as it is given in the Srimad Bhagavatam, then we are also practicing cheating religion. Dharma projita kaitavotra parama. Bhagavatam says. Bhagavatam says it is not cheating religion. It, it, it gives the absolute truth. It says what can make people satisfied. Savai pumsam paro dharmo yato bhakti radokshaje hai tuki aprati hata yayatma suprasidati. That this is what will make us completely satisfied. That is yato bhakti radokshaje. That the devotional service of adokshaja, 
or the supreme personality of Godhead or Krishna is what will give us satisfaction. We have to present this message as it is to people. If we don't present this message as it, as it is to people, we are being untruthful. We are cheating people. Isn't it? Prabhupada says this so many times. This is the quality of a Brahmana. We have to be truthful. Sometimes it might be palatable to people. Sometimes it might not be palatable to people. But this is who we are. We have to present, pe- present ourselves to people as who we are. Then people will come. Who Shaitanya Mahaprabhu will send us uh, people who are ready. But we have to present the message as it is. And Prabhupada goes on to say um, uh, in the lecture about uh, this uh, incident with Cho- uh, Chota Haridas or Junior Haridas that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he had, right? This is Srila Prabhupada again. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu especially was very much against untruthfulness. The Haridasa, that junior Haridas Thakur, was rejected because he showed a little symptom of untruthfulness. He was living in the company of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as in renounced order of life, but he had at his heart for sex life. So immediately he was rejected. Of course, this was a great stricture, but he never rejected Grihasas. So the principle is, Prabhupada is clarifying, right? The principle is not rejecting sex life itself, but the quality of untruthfulness that Junior Haridas had. He knows that Grihasthas has sex life, so he never rejected. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had so many uh, Grihastha disciples, right? Followers. So if you want sex life, become a Grihastha. Just have a wife and live peacefully. But if you want to have sex life, and at the same time you want to keep yourself as Brahmachari, that is not truthful. This is condemned. That is, I mean to say, instance showed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that junior Haridas, he was keeping himself as renounced but thinking of sex. He was rejected. But there are many household devotees, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted them. So Prabhupada is bringing for, forward this quality of truthfulness, right? We have to be truthful in all our actions. Without diplomacy, Prabhupada would always say. We have to be first truthful to ourselves at least. So truthfulness, Prabhupada continues. So truthfulness in spiritual life. Truthful is very essential. This is a very essential quality, right? Prabhupada says that in this purport also. The basic principle of religion is truthfulness. And again he says, so truthfulness in spiritual life, truthful is very essential. That is the first qualification, Brahmanical qualification. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita, he says. This is very important. For us to progress in Krishna consciousness, it is very important for us to be truthful for our, for where we are. Right? We must actually know where we are so that we can progress from that position and go further. This is also another definition I have seen of humility. Right? Be, just recognize where you actually are. Not thinking too less of yourself or not thinking too high of yourself. To recognizing where you actually are. This is uh, my spiritual master always says this is uh, what Jayananda Prabhu would quote of what humility means. To not think too less of yourself and not think too much of yourself. To actually know what your actual position is. That is humility. And act from that position. And Jayananda Prabhu was humility personified. Right? So this is a very essential quality. And this develops. We should, we should constantly try. Because this is one of the religious uh, four regulative principles that we follow. Uh, no gambling. Why? Because it uh, it destroys the principle of honesty or truthfulness. But it goes much deeper, right? The, the four regulative principles that we follow are the basic life of... If you are a human being, you have to follow these four regulative principles. 
but they have more subtler and deeper uh, levels to it right no gambling i'm not gambling but then this principle of truthfulness has to be cultivated also right so uh, this is uh, ascertained in bhagavatam prabhupada says and it is truthfulness the central point in pleasing the central point this is even more remarkable right there are different countries in different parts of the world and each and every country may have different types of sacrifice to please the supreme lord right but the central point in pleasing him is ascertained in bhagavatam what is the central point in pleasing krishna it is truthfulness the central point in pleasing krishna is truthfulness the basic principle of religion is truthfulness prabhupada says yeah and for the age of kali the what is the basic principle of religion that can satisfy krishna the mage because every time and place we have different principles of religion to satisfy krishna and for the age of kali it is sankirtan yagna right chanting of the holy names of the lord taler dosha nide rajan astihi eko mahad guna kirtanadeva krishnasya mukta sangat param vrajet that in the age of kali it's an ocean of faults taler dosha nide rajan it's an ocean of faults astihi eko mahad guna but there is one incredible quality in in kali yuga kirtanad eva krishnasya mukta sangat param vrajet but by chanting the holy names of the lord by chanting the glories of the lord we can actually attain the supreme abode of the lord mukta sangat param vrajet there were so many satatam kirtayanto maam etantasya dridavrata namaschintasya maam bhaktya nitya yukta upasate krishna says right manmana bhavamad bhakto madhya jimam namaskuru always think of me and when we think of krishna we automatically speak of krishna right ोरीज and by doing that they are tushyanti cha ramanti cha they are eternally happy they are very satisfied this is the principle if we have to be satisfied we have to perform sacrifices in this world krishna says and the bedrock of all sacrifices is based on the principles of religion and the most important quality of which is truthfulness and the the supreme sacrifice that we can offer in the times that we live in is chanting the holy names of the lord harer nama harer nama harer name ve kevalam kalav nasteva 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 gatiranyata there is no other way no other way no other way than chanting of the holy names of the lord the age of kali there is no other way so we'll stop here for now little over time already so if there are any questions or comments you can take them okay we'll stop here then ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जाय शिल प्रभुपाद की जाय गौर भक्त वृंद की जाय निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे पांचाकल्पद्रुभ्य कृपा सिंधु पतिता पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नम